welcome back everybody to Waves of Change. Uh, very excited today to be here. My name is Dr. Man Kitley. I'm here with my good friend, therapist, uh, Diana Chu. Diana, how are you doing? Hi, Lee. It's been a, it's been a week. <laughs> you know, it, I, I saw this meme earlier saying that, you know, this has been a very tough week for racists. Oh, yeah, Ooh, that's a strong meme right there. It's a very strong meme, yeah, and it's kind of talking about how, like, you know, racism's being filmed, and in, and, mm-hmm. and and some some of them are being held accountable. Yeah, right? and also relearning what's right and what's wrong for them. Right? It's kind of ridiculous, but these are the days that we're living in. It is what it is. But today we have a very interesting topic. Um, I would like to talk about. Uh, the Asian American identity mm-hmm. and how as Asian Americans, even as Asians, we have internalized a lot of anti-Black sentiment. Yes. Right? We talk about how, like, you know, white folks might be racist against Black folks, but Asian folks, I feel like, have been taught systematically to be also anti-Black. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a quick thing about it is, like, I remember growing up, I, I had, like, a, f- a family friend, and she has two daughters, Right. And mm-hmm. every single time we go yam cha, every single time we go like sick fun at their place to eat dinner at their place, uh, they'll talk about, oh, has this, you know, has your daughter get a boyfriend yet? And then the mom repeatedly said, I don't care who she date as long as she doesn't bring home a black guy. Mm. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think what you said is very common and true for, and it's painful to know that that's like the sentiment of the community that we are in or like we grow up with that right mm-hmm. and so it's also like when when i hear that it's not the first time that i hear that but also it pains me to hear that and also like the dynamic of like asian children and wanting to pay respect to asian you know parents um, filial piety and like do the right thing for them, you know, and how that is like um, feeding into the 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 racist kind of mindset that um, would cultivate that. Yeah, this idea you you pointed out this idea that we are not to speak up to our elders, but then again, what happens mm-hmm. to your elder is very racist. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough thing. What do you think? Have you like what do you think about this tough situation? I think I think the I think the dynamic it's um i think in the last podcast that we talked about it's about um uh the the model minority complex i think Mm -hmm. when after recording it i thought about like reflecting on my experience of growing up and my interaction with um, black people and realizing that there's so much microaggression um um since i was like i was exposed to that uh, when I was young. So for example, um, let's not walk that side when we see black people on the side of the street, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the idea of feeling unsafe um, with those mm-hmm. people. Um, I still remember that my my dad said, oh, they're, you know, their face is always angry, you know, like, like that, mm-hmm. those kind of projections in there. And so um, a lot of times it's about um, exposure uh, education and also relearning what I have learned when mm-hmm. I was young, and that make, uh, that that has to be done, and it takes a lot of effort, and it takes time as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I personally, growing up in America, I could almost pinpoint an exact moment where I have internalized that kind of anti-black sentiment for myself. Wow. Yes, I, I remember. So I can. So I remember one time um, in elementary school. I have a really good memory, obviously. Of one time in <laughs> elementary school, it was in the boys' bathroom, and then. I remember there was like a black kid and, and he was just being kind of loud, rebuctious. And I think, and I was peeing and he finished peeing first and he pushed me, right? He pushed me. Uh So then after I finished, I remember going out and getting yard duty and taking the yard duty to the bathroom. And I said to the yard duty, I'm Chinese, he's black. And he pushed me. Wow. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously at the time I'm like, why, why would you, you know, don't push me? But now I'm thinking back to it. A lot of guilt came up for me. And of course I was a kid, but still a lot of guilt came up for me. And I'm kind of like, wow, like at that time I have really, I felt already that, have, that, already yeah. have this hierarchy that I'm better than these people. Yeah. Or you already like did not label that child as a person. So oh, yeah, rather yeah. than like, so rather than say like he, his name uh, mm-hmm. pushed me, mm-hmm. like you say, you're black and you push me. Oh no! No, I was like, I didn't tell you you were black. I was a Karen about it. I was telling to the security guard that he's wow. black and he pushed me. I was wow. being total Karen. I was like a very Karen, like third grader. Okay, <laughs> very Karen, third grader. <laughs> the Asian Karen in you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why it was. And it comes from a place of literally felt like, be like, like, yeah, of course, like these the this population of folks are simply underneath me because of the color of their skin. Hmm. Right. And also that kind of goes hand in hand from our previous podcast of feeling that of course, white people are above me due to the color of their skin. It's just kind of accepted hierarchy that we're kind of internalizing and within the Asian American culture kind of perpetuating. Yeah. I think like, even like talking to you right now, mm-hmm. um, like be a little bit more distance about it. There's so much guilt or shame that is coming up from internally mm-hmm. and and it kind of like froze me in a way where um just like where man i have to learn so much more and to relearn how to interact or or even how do i confront i, I don't want to use the word confront but like because of my uh, confront my parents i want to say i think oh, i don't want to use that's a, the that's word a, confront, that's a c word no right? I, you don't, you don't <laughs> use the c word of the parents no you don't but but that is a good point you're, ra- you're raising like we do we should do something like, yeah we should, we should do something we totally right? should. yeah so um so you, you mentioned you, you show me some um resources recently and mm-hmm. what tell me more about that well i i i think I think with my uh, background as well, I'm born and raised in Hong Kong and came to America a few years ago. So um, I think my understanding of um, American history is not as in depth, maybe as you or with other um, with other people who are listening to this podcast. Um, I had to learn, relearn. And mm-hmm. um, learn a lot about uh, American history to really understand the interests, like the in, in the the you know, like the the subtleness, or like not not even the subtleness, the the re- the truth of like what happened um, for criminalizing uh, black people um, and taking um, 
taking their freedom away, um, slavery, you know, that kind of like history, like it's, it's, it's like, I know it, but I don't know it, you know? So I have to read. Is, is it. it, is it safe to say that you, you know it academically, but you don't feel it? Yes. So maybe throughout uh, my education, American history is not as like a huge part when compared to like Chinese history, you know, like, <laughs> because I come from Hong Kong. Yeah. And so, and so that, um, that break that I don't understand this, like, will, uh, it, it's a need right now for me to understand it so that I could, um, see where I stand, how, how to reflect on my experience as well. Yeah. So, I, like, go ahead. for me, um, I've been, uh, watching documentaries, um, films, uh, read about, like, the history, um, the timeline of everything and to educate myself. Um, the history for black people here. Um, so I also, um, you know, like I, I, I watched, uh, just mercy, which is like a really good, um, film, mm-hmm. uh, that is like free to the public right now at this moment. Um, I would highly recommend you watched it. And then, um, 13th, uh, I also, I also found this, um, YouTuber who is called Emmanuel, uh, Enco, Encho, A-C-H-O. A I think it's a show, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the title is Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Um, it's like a 10 minute long video. I, but at the same time, like it actually educated me, um, a lot about, um, like different nuances that I, I did not aware, wasn't, wasn't aware of. And so I would highly recommend you to, um, look at that. You know, there are so many resources. So there are some resources that I found very useful, spe- specifically this article called uh, Mom, Dad, Uncle, Auntie, Grandfather, Grandmother, Family by Letters for Black, Li- uh, Letters for Black Lives.com. That mm-hmm. kind of describes how one can approach this very difficult topic. Now, this letter is an open letter, and I believe it's in different languages as well. So I encourage everyone to check it out. It's called, again, Mom, Dad, Uncle, Auntie, Grandfather, Grandmother, Family. Yeah, lettersforblacklives.com. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people uh, with this um, awakening of uh, what George Floyd have experienced um, and like uh, uh, Breonna T- Taylor, um, I think it's just because that we have social media right now and we have like video cameras and it becomes more exposing uh, police brutality. Um, I think it's a really hard topic in terms of um, like talking to your Asian families or Asian aunt about it. Um, they m- might have already a set schema of things, you know, how mm-hmm. in psychology uh, terms that we um, already were set in, in kind of ways. And to change that really would need a lot of, um, uh, you know, like persistent um explanation about what's happening Mm. explanation and also exposure i think exposure exposure is important Mm. and when it comes to exposure um going back to me being um a a third grader karen and for for the record karen is you you know the karen term right yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, me being a third grader karen uh i also remember aside from just family where i learned about you know the racial hierarchy. It's also I learned it from Chinese media, like oh. TVB, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because 
I remember watching a lot of like, uh, like gangster drama. I don't know why I'm watching gangster drama as a kid, but I guess I grew <laughs> up gangster drama. Like uh, uh, the villain, if the villain is like rich, he will have like okay. Every villain have Asian bodyguards, and then if they're really powerful, they have white bodyguards. But if they're really, really powerful, they have like one black man bodyguard who's like the biggest black, like biggest yeah, like yeah, yeah. bodyguard, like the king. That's bodyguard. how they portrayed it, right? right. And that's how uh, black folks are portrayed in Asian media. Either either uh, henchmen, for, never the villain themselves. They're either henchmen for the villain, or they are a crook, right, or mm. a thief, right. And I, and I grew up with that. I remember watching that. Yeah. 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 There's gonna be a lot of changes in the in the media. Uh, a lot of work in you know in Asia that needs to be done for the exposure and the melting pot. You know, mm-hmm. um, and to expose that. Um, and right now, if if those two have caught up Chinese news, Chinese uh, in mainland China, uh, black folks are being persecuted uh, because they're becoming the scapegoat for COVID. Yeah. So I mean, it's how come? Like, I I have a question. Like, like yeah. how come? Like the white people are not being scapegoated by the, but the black people. Well, be- again, it's kind of. I I feel like again, this is just my op- opinion. It really kind of comes down to the racial hierarchy, right? Yeah. Who we can exploit because like because they are both foreign in some ways, like in their mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but they would target like black people, which is. Mm-hmm. Well, there there's a lot of investments from you know America and China. So I mean, mm-hmm. they are targeting America. They, you know, China is blaming like, oh, the coronavirus is from out of country and whatnot. There is like you know talk of that, but there is no active on the street persecution that is right now for Black folks. That is no China. confusion. <laughs> yeah, there's no confusion, right? And I can't really goes again goes back to what I said earlier about this history of mental framing of black people as villains you know as crooks right and it's unchecked because the black population in china is this very not that high yeah 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 so let's let's shift the topic a little bit so we talk about a little bit about that um let's talk about clinical sense right like what happens if like bml manifests in the clinical realm mm. like have that happened for you yet yeah, it happened already. <laughs> oh, it did. Okay, I'm very excited. We like we we share with us a little bit. <laughs> I think uh, I think having a client uh, which um, struggles with understanding what's happening right now, specifically in San Francisco, um, I think in early on there were riots that happened um, where a lot of businesses were like this glass are shattered and like you know mm-hmm. fire, you know that kind of stuff. And I think in a, in a very, um, I would say, normal terms for the client as well, they're scared. They're scared for their lives, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they think about the immediacy of like how it impacts them, themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And how unsafe it is because of, um, of, of the riot. Um, I think um, uh, it's, it's hard because I do have clients who um who condemn those uh protests and riots and at the same time thinking like um like uh for example the administration could have done better and so voting for for trump or like voting for (laughs) voting for a stronger you know of the authority uh authoritative stand 
on giving putting the military, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and as a therapist, um, and obviously with my uh, point of view right now in social justice standpoint, as you're listening to this podcast, is actually pretty difficult personally for me to um, to able to be able to um, sit with because that might be like a version of my uh, Chinese Asian aunt, right? Um, and a lot of projection there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of projection for myself. Um, at the same time, um, how can I, as a therapist, hold that clinical uh, perspective in understanding the client, come where they're coming from, and at the same time, during having my, um, you know, the 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 idea of making sure that like the social justice standpoint is still relevant for for my work. Right. I think it kind of goes back to this idea of speaking to the the content, sorry, speaking to the context, not the content, right? We're going to yeah. talk about that. Yes, yeah, social discord is scary, right? Riots are scary mm-hmm. and we can validate those fears, right? Don't have to kind of, you know, encourage or um, permit racist ideology, but we can mm-hmm. definitely validate fear and being afraid. I, I, I also have a client, I, again, I work with youths, and I have a, a a very brilliant, smart client who is very much into like this movement, and she wants to uh, do everything that she could, and mm-hmm. I, I admire her for doing that. Um, one thing that did came up recently was she said that she start to feel her friends are not doing enough, and she start to, on Facebook at least, start to unfriend people who she felt like was not saying enough. So they're not against BML. They're just not saying enough about BML, right? I see. And then this idea of like, and then after a while, she felt very vindicated. Like, yeah, but after a while, she felt alone and she regret doing it. And so in session, we talked about about that. Like what, how much is enough? What is doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. And I want. I would like to say that it's. We don't know what enough is, right? Maybe enough <laughs> is. Maybe enough is when we finally have racial, you know, a sort of political equality. Maybe that is enough. Uh, but at this point, I, I personally cannot even envision what enough is. And at the same time, I do want to say that um, do your best. Yeah, I right? think everyone uh, has to try their best to understand. Um, the situation and and help out with the situation by talking about it by exposing yourself to it um and so that you have a balanced you know viewpoint of like what's happening um that's about it yeah be brave you know confront if it's okay it's okay that you have racist thoughts we all have racist thoughts because we all grew up in the a very hierarchical society, but yeah. be brave and face those racist thoughts and move forward and be strong. Be strong, everyone. Be strong, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye.